Today's Bible reading is from the Gospel of Matthew. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. And Simon, the zealot. And Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These 12 sent Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere amongst the Gentiles, enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. Take no gold or silver or copper in your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or a staff, for labourers deserve their food. Whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy and stay there until you leave. As you enter the house, greet it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come on it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet as you leave that house or town. Truly, I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. See, I am sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves, so be as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. Thanks be to God for these words. Amen. I remember as a small child the occasions where my mother would entrust to me a, a pound note as she had a mission for me. The local spa grocers was just up the road and with this pound note I would have to go up and buy a loaf of bread. As a result, as a reward, I could purchase a lollipop for my troubles and still go home and give my mum 20p change afterwards. How times have changed. Off I would go feeling very proud that I had been entrusted with such a vital task, pleased that my mum felt I was grown up enough to risk the perils of the big wide world, or Edgefield Avenue as it was known. I had to abide by two main rules, to never cross the road and to come straight back home as soon as I completed the task. I didn't realise that Mum had been keeping an eye out for me all of the time that I was out and had even briefed the shopkeeper beforehand that I would be coming. This was my chance, so she saw it, to learn about money and to realise the need to start growing up, 
to gain a sense of independence. It did not cross my mind that my mother might be sending me out to see if I could manage this small task, because if I could manage that, then maybe she could entrust me with a bigger task later on down the line. I was sent out on a mission. I needed to learn and to grow. But it didn't change the essential nature of my relationship with my mother. I still needed her and depended on her. And when she called, I still knew the importance of going to her, not least because I knew I might miss my dinner otherwise. This passage that we have from Matthew's Gospel for today is the second big sermon, really, that Jesus offers uh, in Matthew's Gospel. The first one being the Sermon on the Mount in chapters 5 to 7, where he addresses the crowds. This, his second main discourse, is just for a much smaller select group, for the Twelve, the closest friends of Jesus. They are named in this passage. Named as disciples or learners might be another way of looking at it. But then they are then called by something else in verse 2 of chapter 10. They're called apostles, those who are sent. Discipleship is a word which applies to all Christians. We are all called to follow Jesus and to learn from him, from his ministry, from his life, from his death and his resurrection. Simultaneously, however, these disciples are also sent out to make the kingdom of God known in word and deed. In some Christian traditions, the word apostle is restricted just to these twelve. However, the understanding of St Paul had it that an apostle was one who had witnessed the risen Christ. He extended the definition. And still in Christian traditions, we find that others have wrongly, in my opinion, uh, interpreted the nature of an apostle as merely being somebody anointed in the succession of bishops since St Peter. All disciples are called to follow Jesus, to be learners, but all are also called to be apostles. That is, that we are all called to be sent out from that which feels safe and familiar, to go and witness to others and serve Christ. True discipleship is therefore a mixture of staying close to Christ to learn, but also when he sends us, we go away obediently so that we might grow and develop in our faith. But also so that Christ sees what we are capable of and what we can be trusted to do. If we can be trusted with the little things, we might be trusted with even greater things later on down the line. This past week I've been in conversations with my colleagues, with Reverends Colin and Miriam, who are about to leave our circuit. They are preparing to be sent from our circuit to new ministries. But I've also been talking with the two ministers who are coming to our circuit, being sent from their places, Reverends Catherine and Wes, who are going to Dover and to Thanet. For all of them and all the ministers who will be on the move this summer, they are leaving something which is familiar. They are moving to new pastures, new challenges. They're uncertain maybe about what the future holds, but still they trust in God, and thereby God 
has entrusted them with much responsibility. In our reading today, the disciples stroke apostles are told to explicitly go only to the lost sheep of Israel in verse 6. And this might seem to be a very restricted view of Jesus' vocation, especially compared with the go to all nations that we see right at the end of Matthew's Gospel. However, in chapter 15, the Syrophoenician woman also persuades Jesus that although he has an original sense of vocation to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, there might be others that have a claim on his ministry as well. For the disciples, they are initially to go to that which feels safe, to that which is familiar. It's effectively the toddler steps in Christian apostleship. This is their YTS apprenticeship scheme. Like their master, the apostles are sent to be shepherds to the house of Israel. But not like the shepherds in Ezekiel 34, the failed shepherds who slaughtered the sheep and fed themselves. The apostles are to be clothed only in what they need. They are to rely on hospitality. They are to go humbly about their task. Their mission is not to be one of exploitation and death but rather of liberation and life. John Dominic Crossan, in his insightful book, Jesus, A Revolutionary Biography, talks at length about the things that Jesus instructs the apostles to take with them, and also what he instructs them not to take with them. They are to go as people dependent on others. No money, no equipment, no weapons, no shelter, no means of keeping themselves warm and safe. Trailer for sale or rent, rooms to let for 50 cents, no phone, no pool, no pets, I ain't got no cigarettes. Ah, but two hours of pushing broom, buys an 8 by 12 four-bit room. I'm a man of means by no means, I'm king of the road. Those who share the good news of the presence of the kingdom of God are to become kings of the road, but they can only do this by removing their status, their power and any possible means of coercion. To those who will receive their message, their message of peace, their message of the good news of Christ, to some that message will be liberating. But there are those people of fear, anger and hatred who will find that the message of Christ is about the most threatening and abhorrent thing that they will ever encounter. The shepherds are tasked to be pastoral, to be shepherd-like, but not in the watered-down sense of just being nice, but rather they are to challenge evil. Jesus, at the start of our reading, has already made reference for the need for harvesters in Matthew 9 verse 38. And harvesting involves separating the wheat from the chaff. So those who are not people of peace or justice, those who will not welcome the coming kingdom or its representatives, will bring judgment upon themselves, as serious as that judgment brought upon Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 19 for their abuse of their guests. This passage implies 
that there will be opposition to God's mission of liberation and life. To be on the receiving end of hostility can be extremely uncomfortable. But as Christians, we are not to expect that the good news Jesus has to offer will always be well received. There are many, too many in our world, who would intentionally destroy the kingdom of God. The corrupt, the greedy, those filled with hate and fear. And my goodness, this week have we seen how many racists there are that have been coming out of the woodwork on both sides of the Atlantic, spewing their own fears and their own mistrust and their own anger. The gospel of the inclusive love of God is going to be rejected and sometimes violently by those who reject Christ's teaching. And we see that most clearly in the fact that they were willing to execute Christ, placing him on the cross. To be sent out by Christ, he makes clear for those apostles, as he does for all whom he will send out, it will require courage. It will demand inner reserves of strength and faith. From the outset, Jesus warns his followers of the costs, of the challenges that will face them. This pandemic has sent us away from our familiar patterns of worship and Christian life. How have we been faithful? How have we represented the Kingdom of God? I know from conversations with many of you that, that you have been volunteering. For some you've helped keep other people safe, donated to worthy causes, kept an eye on that frail couple at number 38 and so on. We've been sent away from what was normal for us. So when we gather again, what will we have learnt? How will our faith have grown? And what new things will Christ feel able to trust us with when he sends us away again? The other week I asked you to think about how God might be calling you. And today I want to ask the parallel question of where Christ might be sending you to next. As we start the painful, confusing and slow process of easing this lockdown, might there be new things, new places for you to go, new people for you to serve? Christ is sending us out to new things to new challenges and missions. May God's Spirit give us the faith and courage to obediently go and proclaim that the Kingdom of God is near. Do it with words if you have to, but ideally proclaim God's Kingdom in everything you do. That is your mission, should you choose to accept it. Amen.